Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of pink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters. Thank you, Knight, Jay, Novahedonist, Tempest, Brianna Lynn, Nora Borealis, Fabe, Embers, Mama D, Daddy J, William P, Lady, Claire, Zaitam, and Savage Heart. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers, both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. Hello, listeners. Today's episode is myth busting. Myth. Myth. Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should put in, you know, the, the Mythbusters soundtrack here. Yes. I just keep thinking of Kermit the Frog in the Muppet movie. And they're at the restaurant. Uh-huh. Myth, myth. Oh, boy. Here we go. Sorry. We're already starting. <laughs> Every single time we do any kind of research for all of these episodes, we are absolutely inundated with myths of BDSM. And they're ridiculous. And they're annoying. And we really, really wanted to do an episode on all of these stupid things that we keep seeing, hearing, even from people that are supposedly in the lifestyle, in the lifestyle, have these weird misconceptions about it. So we are here to bust your myths. Way better than bust your balls, which is what I thought you were going to (laughs) say. That really threw me. She's like, we are here to bust. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I'm not busting any balls. (laughs) Just myths today. Oh, that's good. The first one we want to talk about, the biggest one we want to talk about, is that BDSM is abuse. No, it's not. It's definitely not. Now, it does have elements of humiliation, being offensive, degrading, name calling, beating people hurting them, in my case, drawing blood. But guess what? It's not abuse. Why is that, Rara? What is the one thing that makes it not abuse? Consent. It comes down to consent. We said yes. Enthusiastically. Please please do these things to us. Well, in my case, very enthusiastically. Pretty, 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 please make me bleed. Yeah, I will never be saying that. (laughs) That exact sentence will never come out of my mouth. There's also trust, communication, and our all-time favorite word, negotiation. These are what makes BDSM a loving and desirable relationship for people like us. Acts of violence actually become a celebration and bonds the participants together. In BDSM, all the pain, the restraint, the servitude are engaged in with mutual consent and enjoyment of everybody involved. And this is very hard for some people to accept that some people think pain is pleasure or that they get off to being humiliated. This, for vanilla-minded people, is completely off the wall. Nobody believes that we actually not only consent to this, but encourage this. That we want it and that we enjoy it. 
it's bizarre. I admit it. I mean, even within the lifestyle, some of the things that I do, people think is bizarre. Blood, perhaps. Exactly. I mean, I honestly, I have said it over and over and over. <laughs> live on podcasts, live at parties. You're nuts. And I don't disagree with you. But again, the consent doesn't get more enthusiastic than my consent for blood play. <laughs> But okay, so on the other side of the coin, you think that some of my age play things that I do is nuts. I do. Like perhaps the, the sippy, sippy cup. cups. Well, and especially because you put alcoholic beverages in the sippy cup. Okay, but physically I'm an adult, <laughs> <laughs> so I can do that. <laughs> and your chew toys. I love those things. Okay, so honestly, I'll admit part of that is so that I don't chew my fingernails. Okay, that makes sense. Because I'm trying to make those pretty. Oh, well, I'm all behind making anything pretty. It's a really bad habit. I've done it my entire life. And when I started growing it, it's because I found other things to chew. That sounds really bad. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Let me back up. <laughs> no, I think that sounds perfect. <laughs> it's, it's not like I'm grabbing a stick like a puppy and chewing on it or something. Or, but... or you know, grabbing people and eating them. <laughs> Ew. Again, non-consensual blood play, not my thing. But now that you bring that up in a future episode where we talk about DDLG, I will probably mention how much I actually chew on my daddy. See? <laughs> Here we go again. All right. Now, <laughs> while we are in total agreement that BDSM is not abuse, unfortunately, there is abuse that happens in BDSM. Yeah. And again, that's what's going to happen in just about every kind of relationship. You are going to have assholes who think that the way they do the relationship is the only way to do it. And they're going to be doing it, in our opinion, wrong. wrong. Now, another myth is that BDSM is just about hurting people and forcing them to do the things they don't want to do. Well, guess what? If that happens, then it is abuse. Absolutely. And it is no longer BDSM. Because like we said before, BDSM is all about consent. Enthusiastic consent, as Dar likes to remember. <laughs> and negotiation. Every aspect of what we do is negotiated and talked about, discussed. It's all about the compromise. Another myth is that you must have emotional issues if you're into BDSM. Oh, you might have been abused as a child. Ex fucking excuse me. No. I, that's mostly what I'm going to be saying to all of these myths. Yeah, it's just a whole big just, lot of no. no. Look, I had an amazing childhood. I really did. I had a fabulous one. My parents are still together, you know, like all of that nonsense. You know, you come from a broken home. Nah, no. Some no. of us do. Some of us don't. And honestly, I don't consider those homes broken. My parents just celebrated 55 years of wedded bliss. Yeah. Mine are coming up on 50. Nobody ever raised a hand to me. Nope. I was never hit as a child. I don't have daddy issues. I wasn't spanked as a child either. So. Okay, so I actually was hit one time across the face, and that's because I told my mom to shut up, and I 100% deserved to be hit across <laughs> the face for that, because I swear to God, I actually remember doing this. The only thing I was trying to do was test my boundaries, and let me tell you, I learned those you boundaries. Found, you found out what those boundaries were. But that was literally the only time that ever happened. Right. I've never been abused, but now I like to do the abusing. <laughs> So another myth is that there is only one true way to do BDSM and all the rest are wrong. <laughs> we call those the twoo way. 
How many times can we say this one? If two people are doing something that they enjoy, that they have both enthusiastically consented to do, and it makes them happy, then guess what? It's not wrong. It doesn't matter if other people do it differently. It all comes down, once again, I am probably going to repeat this so many times, between consenting adults. That's really all that matters. Another one is it is okay to abuse someone because they are submissive. What the fuck? No. No. I'm submissive to my husband. I know another person who is in a, what, 24-7 submissive dominant relationship. She likes to be considered his slave. What is she, his sex slave or just slave in general? I I don't remember the slave in general. She loves it. This is what gets her out of her headspace. He is not abusive in the least I'm not abused in the least. When I serve my husband, I enjoy it. I asked for it. I have friends, they're married, and he's the dom, she's the sub. And as he always says, if he breaks his toy, then he can't play with it anymore. Nobody wants to play with a broken toy. So he takes very good care of his toy. In fact, a lot of her rules surround her own physical and mental health. So how is that possibly abusing her? It isn't. You're not a true dom sub kingster if you don't whatever the hell is you're going to fill it in with. I I end up with that a lot. I can't possibly be a true dom because I'm five foot nothing, always smiling and surrounded by pink. I was going to say that, but I thought you'd throw your coffee at me. Well, no. I was going to say because you're short. I'd throw something else at you. I'd never waste perfectly good coffee that way. Of course. I apologize for... Even thinking that you would waste (laughs) coffee by dumping it on my head. But the funny thing is, is for all that, yes, I'm little, smiling all the time, mostly because I love what I do, (laughs) and I'm surrounded by pink. I'm probably the meanest bitch in the whole crowd. She's definitely more mean than I am as a dominant. I just do it with a smile on my face because you should enjoy what you love to do. I do it with a smirk. (laughs) I'm definitely a lot more smirky when I'm getting my way when I'm in dom zone. What's really funny, though, is didn't you recently get a message saying that you come across as more submissive than I do on this podcast? Yes. I can't figure out why. You're so bossy. I'm just more subtle about it. (laughs) See, that's how I get away with it. I just smile and I look so cute. People forget that they're always doing what I want them to do. Mm. She just manipulates people into doing it, (laughs) whereas I am more just do it. I want you to think you're doing it because you want to. Not because I want you to. But I do want to. There you go. So there. (laughs) It works. But I run into that a lot. You also have, for instance, subs who are not into pain. Mm -hmm. They'll get to, well, you're not a true sub if you're not into pain. Bullshit. Not everybody gets off on pain. And you know what? That's okay. Hi, I'd like to introduce myself. (laughs) I'm a sub to my husband and I don't get off to pain. I mean, really, I don't. I have no desire to do that. Flick me and I'm probably going to go cry and not like it. (laughs) Don't do that, Rara. I, I promise. Don't I flick me. Oh, this is my biggest pet peeve: that sex is always part of play, and that BDSM is all about sex. No, it's not. Nope. 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 Definitely not. I can have entire scenes and no sex involved whatsoever. A spanking scene does not have to end in sex. Not at all. A fisting scene, probably, because you know, fist equals penis in that case. So it, technically, that, that's sex. sex. However, flogging somebody. Not sexual. My 
scenes never end in sex and actually never end with an orgasm. That's true because you do keep it separate. I keep it entirely separate. Now, if I do a scene with my daddy, of course, probably going to end up in some sort of sex, but not all the time. It is not necessary, especially if we're at, say, a club. Not going to happen. If I'm scening with somebody at a club, if I'm doing demos at a event, at a big party, no sex involved. Preach it. No, I mean, if it does, more power to you. (laughs) Orgasms are wonderful. It's just not a requirement. Here's one that really bugs me, actually. The perfect bodies and porn sex are the norm or the goal. Oh, my God. If I get one more letter from some guy who you can tell his whole BDSM experience is from Pornhub. I'm going to scream. Well, I saw it. Well, here's what bugs me about it. I have been to plenty of parties where there's been new people there. And you know me. I've got that newbie fetish. I'm going to go to the newbie. I'm going to be like, hello. What can I introduce you to tonight? It's nothing creepy at all, folks. No, I did not just make a face that was totally creepy and and kind of going. (laughs) No, I love newbies. I love introducing them to the lifestyle. I love bringing them into the fold of electro, especially, obviously. I just love talking to them. I love finding out their fetishes and how I can work with that. What I don't like is when I go up to a newbie at a party, introduce myself, or if at a munch even, introduce myself, tell them, hey, welcome to the scene. And they're looking around at everybody and they have this look on their face like, where's all the hot babes? I came here for the hot babes. Literally was at a party. And this man said, yeah, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And I was like, surprise what do you mean he goes there's old people i was like excuse me i resemble that remark (laughs) yeah but you don't look nearly as old as you are first of all my goal in life though is i'm going to someday show up at winter fire with my walker and i (laughs) (laughs) and i walk in and somebody goes oh my god who is that old lady here at this bdsm convention and, and the, the walker is going to be covered in pink well, ribbons and pom-poms. Course, and we're going to take one look at it and go, oh, that's Princess Rara. She's a legend. <laughs> that, that's just my fantasy in life. Sorry, I've got sidetracked. Okay. Uh, that That's your ultimate that's fantasy my, in life. That is my fantasy. That okay. is my goal. Hashtag goals. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag pink walker. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. How else is it? Um, but it's lined up with all the other walkers at the old age home. How are they going to know it's mine? <laughs> Mine's one deck down in pink. You know what's funny? They do have pink wheelchairs for like little kids. You could probably fit in that. I to say that of perfect my size. <laughs> and in case you wanted to get an idea, if you checked out our Instagram page, I did post an actual <laughs> picture of me and Dara standing next to each other. So you'll see why we're always talking about how small I am. I'm a giant in that picture. <laughs> like even normally being so much taller than Rara, the angle of this picture <laughs> makes me look like a fucking Amazon, which is fabulous. I love it. I will stand next to Rara all day. And I'm just I look like a midget. I look like a seven foot tall giant in this picture. (laughs) It's great. Okay, sidetracked again. (laughs) We do this all the time, folks. Sorry. I mean, this is pretty normal. It took us an hour just to start recording because we kept going off on tensions. Yeah, we do that. (laughs) All right. The next one related to that is that it's just like porn 100% of the time. Porn isn't like porn 100% of the time. It's staged, guys. I don't know if you know this. But it's scripted. No. 
You mean those two people didn't just get together and decide, wow, you're hot and I must have you. Let's have sex now. I don't know a single person in my entire life that looks at their plumber doing his butt crack thing. First of all, I've never met a really hot plumber coming into my house like that. Well, and, and I can't get past the butt crack, which is ill. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know anybody that just, oh, plumber butt. Oh, yeah. Let's go. I need you so bad. I'm that horny. No. The honesty is it's just not always sexy. I'm sorry. It's not sexy 100% of the time. It's sweaty. There's mistakes that happen that you learn from. There's aftercare required where it's really just cuddling, perhaps, or in my case, salami. (laughs) Things happen in real life that porn, sorry, folks, is just not showing you. Also, porn edits out a lot of stuff. A lot. Like I've I've seen a few documentaries. I don't nobody's that crazy that to watch porn documentaries, but I've seen you them. are. Yeah, I know. I like research and I research weird shit. <laughs> but anyway, point is, there's so much edited out. There's takes. There's if you didn't do it right, you have to do it again. And for us, it's more like, hey, we're in the moment. Let's do it. And it's not like porn. We keep our mistakes. We learn from them and hopefully do better the next time. Everything has to be serious and scary. Or it's somehow more valid if it's serious and scary. That's nonsense. Well, remember your very first fantasy of walking into a dungeon. Yes. You said that you pictured whip sounds everywhere. I did. Now I picture them just because that's like foreplay for me. Right. And that would be the kind of thing where people think it's more serious and scary. My fantasy dungeon thing the first time I went was the whole red light thing and people dressed in leather and latex everywhere and men hung up on crosses and masks like you know those hood mask things oh yes so again what was it like german dungeon porn (laughs) kind of a look german dungeon porn look that up folks (laughs) (laughs) i mean the porn that i that i usually watch though is uh kind of on the shall we say more extreme side so that's what i pictured okay now Here's the reality. You walk into a dungeon, there's laughter happening for different reasons. One, I have friends who their response to pain is giggling. Yours is. Yeah, that's true. Because I'm having so much fun. Your response to pain when you're being flogged is to dance while you're tied up to a pole. And singing. And sing Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Or whatever song happens to be on at the time. But yeah, if you look at one of my scenes for as hard as my scenes are and as hard as I'm being hit... There's nothing serious about it. No. I'm joking with with my top. I'm joking with the spectators who are watching. I'm laughing. The better the scene, the more I'm going to laugh, the bigger my smile is going to be because, damn it, I'm having fun. And you know me, when some good song comes on and I'm in the zone, I will dance while I'm doing the scene. Oh, I'll yes. just be zapping somebody and, you know, that... That groove comes on and I'm dancing with it and I'll get my person on the table to start wiggling to the beat. Oh, yeah, that was fun. I did start doing electro to the beat once. I don't remember what song it was, but it was awesome. Love when I'm topping and a good song comes on. Oh, it's fantastic. And I'm dancing and hitting. But there's also people who don't even seen. They go to the club. They may not seen at all. They're voyeurs, so they come to watch. Or they just want to hang out with their friends and have a good time. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the last time my daddy... I think the last time he did it was the latex cube, the vat cube. Oh, wow. That's been a long time. Yeah. But he enjoys watching. He enjoys the conversation. He will step in and do an electro scene because I trained him. If, uh, like I said, I've got bad knees. If I'm going for several hours and I need a break and somebody needs to go and I can't do it, he'll step in. He stepped in and helped out during my needle scene because I needed somebody to hold. 
Well, he's, he's very pretty good much at act like my pillow. He's very good at that. He was very good at that. <laughs> he's very good support. Here's another big myth that kink is not adaptive, that if you have physical, emotional, psychological needs outside the norm, that you can't do kink. And that is crap. I don't actually understand that one. Well, we have people in our community who are blind. Oh, yes. Who are deaf. Yeah. And they still participate in kink activities, both social by attending munches or going to dungeons. Mm -hmm. I actually remember, uh, what was it, two years ago at Fetball, there was an entire crew of deaf people with, uh, I think a couple of them had cochlear implants and then some did not. But we, uh, I did some electro on a few of them because they came up to my station. But they were, they're part of the community and they just went off and did their thing. And it was, it was awesome. I have seen people at the bigger dungeons in wheelchairs mm-hmm. with crutches, canes. It's absolutely possible. One of our dear friends who is fire is one of his big kinks. He also does, has one of my favorite buffalo floggers that has been promised to me upon his death. Yeah, but I get the rest of his kit. You can get the rest of his kit, but I get that buffalo flogger. He has back issues, serious back issues, walks with a cane, recently got this adorable service dog to help him. Oh, God, he's so cute. And guess The dog what? and the man. They're both pretty they're cute. They're both adorable. And guess what, folks? He kinks. He it's, kinks hard. He kinks really hard. I mean, you just have to make adjustments. Look, people have to make adjustments because I'm short. That's true. I don't fit on all the kink furniture. Kink is absolutely adaptive because, again, it's about what you want, what you need, and what you and your partner have agreed and consented to. So it's even amongst able-bodied people, it's adaptive. Okay, here we go. Uh-oh. Here we go. I'm going to sit down for this one because mm-hmm. it's going to take a while. Back, back up, up. Rara. DDLG is for littles who have daddy issues. And this is coupled with DDLG is really just a form of pedophilia. <clears throat> no, no. Just I think Fuck I. Fuck no. I think I just ruptured a, my brain. Just no. These are two sides. You have turned a delightful shade of red, I must say, in your anger. I'm pretty sure it's going to go purple by the time I'm done explaining this. I don't have daddy issues. I am a little. My little age is from three to six. I like binkies. I like all kinds of stuff. I wear a bib. Okay. I don't have a any kind of daddy. Cape. <laughs> Front cape. Front cape. <laughs> <laughs> You knocked me out of my rant. Sorry, I just, I had Damn it. I love doing that to you. I love making you giggle. Okay, but seriously, I don't have any kind of daddy issues. I love my father. He's an amazing human being. I've never had daddy issues. I don't want anybody to replace my father. Daddy to me is a title for the nurturing, caring type of dominance that my husband gives to me. And he does not have any form of pedophilia. Gets along with kids. Kids are cool. I am not his child. Nope. There is a difference. There's a huge difference. And this is the part that really, really gets me that people think this. And and sadly, this is even within the community. It's still very misunderstood, which is why, folks, we're going to do an entire episode on DDLG because one little blip mentioned here in this one is just not sufficient. And, and you know what's probably going to end up happening in that episode? I'm either going to go off on my own little rant and explode more brain cells all over the place, or I'll be in little space the entire time. Oh, that should be fun. So but I'm going to try to get you into little space. Okay. We've got another episode we're going to do a bunch of ranting and raving in. So we'll save little space for the DDLG. One. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'd like to think that we have already busted this myth, but let's say it again. Negotiations take the fun out of kink. Eh. 
Wrong answer, folks. Negotiations put the fun into the kink because if you don't negotiate ahead of time and get everything established, then your kink scene is not going to be fun. It's definitely not. It won't be fun for the dominant if they do something that hurts the sub with outside of that context of trying to hurt the sub. If they do something they don't like, I know I will have mental issues. If I hurt somebody unintentionally because I did something that they were not prepared for or consented to, I'm going to probably freak out. And as the sub, obviously you will not have a good time if somebody hurts you outside of what you consented to do. People who are into BDSM are all poly. You mean they're not? I'm not. My husband, daddy, and I have this thing where we consider ourselves monogamish. We don't have any relationship partners. Like I don't have an outside boyfriend or girlfriend and neither does he, but we play with other people all the time. And you do it together. We do. We have a lot of friends in monogamous relationships with their doms. And they only play with each other, correct? Correct. Yeah, it's it's not about that. In Polly fact, is actually separate. One of our friends tried opening up their marriage to do Polly and found out it wasn't for them. They much prefer being monogamous with each other. BDSM is all about whips and chains. It's not? It's not. I mean, even my BDSM as a pain slut is not all about whips and chains. BDSM can be about whips and chains and feathers. Chains and whips excite me. (laughs) Actually, no, they don't. Neither one of those actually has any excitement to me whatsoever. But you damn well believe when that song comes on, I'm singing at the top of my lungs. It totally excites me. (laughs) I'll add that to the playlist for the next party. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, I totally want to do a scene with that playing. All right. But I know a friend who is totally not a pain slut. She's all about the sensation. So there's no whips and chains in her scenes. There's a lot of feathers. There is ice cubes. Oh, I love ice cubes. Those are fun. <laughs> there is silk. And then in within DS, it's about the mental aspect. It's about controlling the mind. Which again, I think we've pointed out is my big thing. I very much enjoy the humiliation, the degradation, the objectification. I love the mind fuck. And the next myth is that you have to have lots of toys and must wear latex in order to be properly kinky. Um, No. No. Newsflash, if you're allergic to latex, you can't do that. And I don't wear latex because it's a bitch and a half to get on and off. And since I spend half the night or more naked, it seems sort of silly to put it on. <laughs> Look, I will pour myself into some tight ass jeans and a corset, but latex is too hot. It is. <laughs> I, don't I have a friend with a latex fetish and damn, by the time the night is over and she pulls that latex off, she's lost like a couple of pounds of sweat. I can't. It's too hot. I don't want to wear that. And yes, toys are fun. We love toys. We have multiple suitcases of toys each. In fact, that's why we brought on uh, SD Leather as an affiliate. Because we've both bought so many toys from him. It's kind of ridiculous. Yes. And if you want more toys, go to his Etsy shop, SD Leather. Use the code Pink Kink and get 10% off. All right. You like my shameless fuck? I do. That, I was, that was good. Nice <laughs> I, slide. Thank you. But you don't have to have the toys. Again, go into your kitchen and grab a wooden spoon. It's classic, babe. You don't need to spend the amount of money that Tar and I have on nope. toys. We're a little ridiculous. But also keep in mind that Rara and I do these semi-professionally. So we get extra cash to beat people or to... What else do we do? Oh, yeah. Zap them. <laughs> you, ah, you forgot the electro zapping. Not me. I love it. <laughs> going to cut all of that out. <laughs> oh, no. You keep that in there. Mm, including this part of the conversation. Yes. Ta- Damn it. 
What's but, the point in having the the editing power in this duo <laughs> if I can't cut shit out? Because this is funny. <laughs> but again, DS is about mind control. You don't need a toy to control a mind. I did not have toys plenty of times when I first started. I couldn't afford it. And one of my favorite things to do was make a submissive go through the three positions. And if they didn't do it immediately, knowing what they were supposed to do and do it as soon as I said it and remain perfectly in that position, then I got to beat their ass with my hand, with a belt. I could tie them with their own silk tie or doesn't even have to be silk. I've done it with cotton. Again, your hand is your greatest tool. It can make nice and it can smack. The other thing is your voice is your greatest tool. Be commanding just with your voice. You don't have to be commanding with a writing crop. All right, now let's get into some myths specifically about doms and subs. All right, you ready? This one's a biggie. All right, I'm going to sit back. Okay. All doms are male and all subs are female. Uh, mm, no. Hell to the no. Hell to the fuck no. Okay, so toss that one right out the window. Scene orientation has nothing to do with gender. And your time in this lifestyle will be a lot easier if you just understand and accept that. Within our lifestyle, we have males. We have females. We have non-binary. We have everything. And some are doms and some are subs and some like us are switches. It truly has no bearing on what your orientation is in the scene. It doesn't matter what your gender is, what your sexual orientation is, what your line of work is. Nothing has nothing to do with it. It The only thing it has to do with is your personality. A person who is dominant or submissive in life will have that role in BDSM. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Again, I would like to point out that for the longest time, I was just dominant. I only submit to one person. My experiences with people who I domed, quite a few of them were, well, almost all of them were males. A lot of those males had very dominant roles in their work. Let's see, police officers, military, corporate. They like to come down from that every once in a while. And it's breathing room of not having to make any kind of decisions, of not having someone's well-being in their hands. It's freeing. It's an opportunity to sit back and relax and let somebody else be in charge. And so you'll often find submissives that in their day-to-day life are just the exact opposite. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about being submissive is the ability to finally not be in charge and have somebody else take care of me for a change. And that's one of the reasons I like coming home and being submissive too, because in my line of work, I have many, many decisions to make all day long. I have many things that I have to take care of. I have so many things that I have to micromanage all day long. And by the time I get home, I can't. You're just done for. I'm done. I I can't do it anymore. And the first thing I want is for somebody to take care of me. And daddy damn well does a good job with that. He's my coffee daddy. He gets me coffee. Oh, I have a coffee sub. (laughs) All right. The dominant is always right. Don't you know that? No, because frankly, a lot of times (laughs) they're just not and they need somebody to explain why not. And let me tell you, there is a very delicate skill in (laughs) pointing out to your dom that they are wrong. And wouldn't that be topping from the bottom, Rara? It isn't. Why? Because if your dom is wrong, they'll never learn if you don't explain it to them. Now, the difference is, is a submissive, you need to do it respectfully. So saying, oh my God, you 
Dom head you. <laughs> what the hell? You are that's, just fucking that's wrong. Me <laughs> in little space right there. You dumb head. <laughs> okay, that's not how you do it. But to say respectfully, sir or madam, or in my case, princess, if I might point out, please, you were incorrect in this because of this reason. And I want to know better and do better when I'm the dom. So as long as my submissive comes to me in a respectful tone of voice, I'm going to listen and I'm going to thank them for helping me. It's kind of like pointing something out to a college professor. If they say, no, this is what it is and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I want to say, can I can I just point out really quick that that is not actually correct? Your information is out of date or whatever, whatever it is. You just need to be respectful about it. This week's episode is sponsored by an incredibly talented photographer, Jay Yee. Jay offers a wide variety of vanilla photo shoots such as headshots, conventions, weddings, family photos, dating profile photos, proposals, and more. Rara and I have known Jay for years. And when his clients have given permission, we've been able to see some of his photos. And wow, we are amazed at how he is able to capture a moment in time that shows the joy and beauty of the people in the photo. I remember seeing some maternity shots that he did, and the mother was glowing. I can only imagine how it will feel to look back on those photos years from now and remember the excitement she felt that was so clearly captured in the photos. But what's so cool about Jay is he is a kinkster himself. So he also offers amazing kink photos. He can do solo shoots, such as boudoir photos, or couple shoots, like a collaring ceremony. Maybe you want professional shots of your scenes, like rope suspension. If you have an idea, Jay can probably make it happen. He works throughout the Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. areas, but he's also willing to travel to some parts of West Virginia. You can reach out to Jay to discuss your photo needs either through his website at www dot j ye photo dot com that's j y i p h o t o dot com or even through fetlife his handle is iso eight zero zero and if you visit his website which we will list in the show notes you can see some of his beautiful work so if you need someone to help you capture those once in a lifetime moments check out j ye photo dot com all right so that's the myth about the doms but what about the subs submissives are weak bullshit. I'm not weak. I'm fucking not weak. It really takes a strong person to submit and to let control go. I think that's the part that most people miss. When you submit, you are giving that part of yourself in trust to another person. It takes a strong person to be able to let go and do that, which is why I only do it with one person. Actually, I may not be that strong. I am strong enough to do it. I don't have that kind of trust with a lot of other people. It's hard to build that level of trust. Everyone who claims to be a dom is one, especially if they say it loudly enough. I get notes from people who call themselves a master at 19 years of age. <laughs> Do you know what we call those? <laughs> what? Baby doms. Yeah. And look, there's nothing wrong with being a dom at 19. But you can't come at me and tell me that you are a master when you've been in the lifestyle for a year or two. I'm well, sorry. Legally, you've only been in the lifestyle for a year, and that's not enough time to gain any kind of experience. And in our opinion, you need a lot more experience to be 
a dominant, to especially to be a master. And quite frankly, you're not a master until you have a submissive that wants to call you master. You're not just automatically a master. What about the ones who come at you with the, you will call me master or you will call me sir? I'll just laugh you right out the door. Yeah, but yet every other part of their behavior says anything but master or dom. I got a message the other day, somebody saying that they required a slave to call her. I was like, first of all, your profile says that you are female looking for a male slave to call her. Did you not realize that I'm female? Like, did you even look? Oops. I sent back a message just laughing. And I also called them a wannabe dumb. Yeah. And I also call them a Dhammabee because, frankly, you don't just do that and come at somebody, you know, automatically saying, hey, I'm going to call her you. <laughs> no, you're no. not. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. And that kind of goes along with that. Everyone who claims to be a sub, even if they immediately start calling you master or daddy or sir or princess or ma'am, just because they claim to be a sub when their behavior is telling you that they are anything but submissive. Come on. It's you have to learn. You have to learn. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the time. Both of those things require research. I mean, if you want to take classes, that's always good. If you want a mentor, any of these things, but to be a good sub requires as much time and as much work as being a good dominant. Another myth is that you have to be a chauvinistic, misogynistic, uber alpha to be a dom. Yeah, that's I mean, hi. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hey, nice to meet you. We're both dominants. Yes. I don't think any of those apply to us. I mean, maybe maybe uber alpha, but not chauvinistic or misogynistic. Rara's <laughs> <laughs> alpha bitch is going to start coming out. Sorry, I probably am an uber alpha type, but... You definitely are. <laughs> we have this idea that the dom has this strong, deep voice. Assuming it's a male, because that seems to be the, the myth there. The strong, deep voice. He's six foot something big guy with these broad shoulders dressed in a suit and with just his voice and attitude alone he can dom you yeah no so can rara and she's like <laughs> the, the total opposite <laughs> <laughs> hell half the time again i'm naked and i'm still gonna dom you while i'm naked uh which actually <laughs> makes it even scarier <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now you got this woman coming at you and she's buck ass naked <laughs> yelling at you for like messing up her couch <laughs> run (laughs) yeah you don't want to mess with me (laughs) you said that in the tiniest voice imaginable you don't want to mess with me and see this is what happens that's why i don't get taken seriously even though if you hang out with me long enough you're gonna end up doing what i want (laughs) you to do so you can fight me on it you're not gonna win don't fight rara you'll lose (laughs) (laughs) all right here we go ready dominance tell people what to do yes they do but There's a lot more to that. Being dominant is not about being bossy all the time. Again, we've talked about consent. We've talked about negotiation. We've talked about compromise. All of those things are included in what the dominant is telling you to do. And again, a DS relationship is a relationship. So you don't want to be in a relationship with somebody who's just bossing you around and telling you what to do all the time. There needs to be, excuse me? What? Did you you say something? No, I had a sneeze. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, right. There has to be give and take, and both people have to be involved and get a say, all right? But we do know that a dominant can do whatever he or she wants, right? Nope. No? No. Because, again, if you want to keep your toy, don't break it. 
Nobody wants to play with the broken toy. You can't do whatever you want to the submissive. You cannot do whatever you want to somebody who is not your submissive in your relationship. And guess what? If you try to do whatever you want, they're probably not going to stick around and be your submissive for very long. The point of being dominant is to create a positive experience for the submissive. The point of being a top, even if it's at just a party and your relationship consists of that one single scene at a party at a play space, it is your job as that top, as that dominant to create that positive experience for the person that you are working with. Yeah, as a top, I'm not having fun if my bottom's not having fun. Oh, if I don't have somebody wiggling and giggling on my table, it's just not as much fun. Submissives owe dominance respect. Oh, that's right. I am the dominant. You will respect me. Yeah, I'm not going to respect you if you just come at me like that. Yeah, not happening. Again, respect is earned. It is a gift given. And it can be taken away if you abuse that privilege. It's a very good way to be referred to as a wannabe. Yeah, you can't make assumptions about what your partner wants or needs or how that person should interact with you simply because you've given yourself this title of Dom. You don't get to call the shots to every submissive who wants to talk to you. You don't get to assume that every submissive wants to talk to you or that they will even be receptive to being submissive to you ever. As in both of our cases, it takes a very special person before we are willing to submit. How about this one? All subs are the same. Oh, well, yeah, because you and I are exactly the same, aren't we? Yeah, we've uh, we've established that. <laughs> you and I have exactly the same mindset on everything. Oh, yeah. We have the same kinks and the same wants and desires, right? Holy shit. No. <laughs> Polar fucking opposites, as we have established. So if Rara's dominant or whoever wants to come up to me and do the same kind of play that they have done with Rara. Oh, that'll go over well. That'll get you a punch <laughs> in the nose. <laughs> if they're lucky and not the balls if they come up to me and try to do it while i'm zapping somebody they mm, oh that won't end well no i won't ever do that let's just make that very clear i'm not going to zap you even if you're you know right up next to me in my face i might threaten it tempting though it might be oh it's very tempting i've actually had that experience And, and there are different kinds of subs there are service subs who get off on being able to do something as simple as getting your coffee every morning or getting your food set up mm-hmm There are some subs who are into other things. They want to be tables and chairs for you and just be an object in your world. We're all different. This one bugs me. (laughs) I don't like this one. Real dominance don't eat pussy or suck cock. Bullshit. I'm telling you right now. I'm one dominant bitch. I love sucking cock. I love it. And I do it when I'm in mistress mode. Yeah, it's again, it's about the control. You are controlling the hell out of them when they have their cock in your mouth. So let me tell you a funny story about that. I love this. One of my favorite things to do while I'm in mistress mode sucking cock is to make, well, I'll just use daddy because I, I literally just did this this morning. I make him tell me a story while I'm doing it. Uh oh. And if he stops telling the story, I stop stop sucking. sucking See, that is dominant as fuck. You are controlling what is happening. Mm -hmm. You decide when he has pleasure. And when he doesn't. I've also totally blue balled him before because I want something later. So I'll give him a little sucky sucky and I'll be like, okay, uh, I'll get you later. Bye. Ow, meanie. Yeah. He doesn't like it. 
Yeah. But I enjoyed it. In the case of a male dominant with a female identifying submissive, he can lay her down on the bed Mm -hmm. and he decides while he's giving oral sex, is she allowed to have an orgasm? Is she not? Maybe he's going to force the orgasm on her. Maybe he's going to deny her, edge her. Again, he is controlling the situation and therefore he's being the dominant, right? It is the mind, not the sexual acts that define the dominant. Hey, guess what? Did you know that dominants can receive anal sex? (gasps) Remember how we talked about service subs? Mm -hmm. There's a thing called a service top where the service sub will top for that particular scene. And sometimes that involves pegging. It could also involve impact. If the dominant orders the submissive to do impact on them, doesn't make the dominant any less dominant. They are controlling the scene of receiving the impact. Exactly. All right. So that kind of leads naturally into the dominant has all the power. Nope. This is the one where people think that in the relationship, the dominant is fully in control all the time. They make all the choices. They give all the orders. They deliver all the punishments. This is kind of a paradox because in reality, it's the submissive that grants the power to the dominant and the submissive that can take it away. Right. If they haven't told you, yes, you have the control then the dominant has no control. So ultimately, it's the submissive who holds all the power. Now, make no mistake, where the dynamic is concerned in the relationship, the ultimate control is willfully given. It is not taken. There will be limits. They must be treated with respect. And you cannot do this without negotiation or consent. Even the punishments are negotiated. The appearance of the control is with the dominant. The true control is with the sub. A DS relationship is different than a vanilla relationship. While there are differences at its fundamental core, a DS relationship is between two or sometimes more people in a relationship first and the DS part of the relationship is second. You have to have an actual relationship before you can have a DS relationship. You are not a real Dom because you say please and thank you. Oh, bullshit. I say please and thank you all the time. First of all, because I'm dealing with another human being. I'm going to be respectful to that human being. And second of all, you're not an asshole. As again, I buy into and live up this entire persona of the sweet, cute, little smiling Dom dressed in pink. Right. But even if you're not that, me, for example, I'm still going to say please. And I'm going to thank my person for doing the scene with me afterwards because, oh my God, I bet you I got as much out of it as they did. Oh, yeah. And of course, you don't use a mean domly voice, so you must mm. not really be a dom. Yeah. No, I don't need that. Like, you know, daddy doms don't use the mean domly voice. They cajole you. Uh, any any caregiver will not use the, you are going to do this and you are going to do this now, with the exception of when my husband, for example, says, little girl. <laughs> Uh-oh, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. How about you're not a real dom if you're not beating your submissive black and blue? <laughs> no, I don't get beat. I don't ever get beat. Even when I'm in trouble, I don't get beat. You don't get spanked? No. Aww. Actually, I don't. That's not that's not part of my punishments. Interesting. See? Again, this is why we say that the submissive has the control because you have not agreed to punishment spanking. So you don't get them. Nope. Never have. All right. But you're not a real sub then if you don't like pain. But I like the mental pain. So where, where's that line? Isn't humiliation, degradation, objectification some sort of mental pain? I think so. So? How about you're not a real sub because you actually use a safe word? 
Bullshit. Safe words are there because, hi, in the word, it says safe. I'm working that out. In the word. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> took you a second there, didn't it? I'm slow. I need more Literally coffee. inside the word mm-hmm. is safe. It's there for a reason. Use it. Don't hesitate to use it. Don't compare yourself to others. You have to develop your own style. Find out what makes you tick and explore that. Don't do something just because someone else is doing it or it seems cool or because someone else told you, well, that's what a true dom or a true sub does. If it's not for you, it's not for you. You need to explore yourself. You need to read things. You need to watch other people discuss it. Then do it again. Keep doing it until you figure out what you want. And if anyone tells you that you're not a real dom or a real sub because you don't do it X, Y, Z way, just tell them to fuck off, honestly. (laughs) How about this one? Doms don't ask for help. Well, they don't. Don't you know that? Um, no, they do. I ask for help all the time. If I don't know how to do something, I'm going to go find somebody to teach me how to do it. Yeah. We kind of advise that you ask for help. One of the other things that we advise is if you don't know how to do something like say floggers, go to someone who knows how to do floggers, take a lesson from them and experience it yourself. You should always hit yourself with whatever implement you're going to use on your sub before you use it on your sub. Or get somebody else to hit you with it so that you understand because you're probably not going to hit yourself with as much impact as you're going to hit somebody else with. So you want to know what that feels like so that you can empathize with what your bottom is feeling. Right. Some people believe strongly you can't be a good dominant until you've been a submissive first. I don't know that I buy that theory only because you might not have a submissive bone in your body and your mindset isn't going to be submissive and that's not going to work. As long as you understand the feelings behind it, the feelings behind what you are doing, then yes, it is all about the empathy for me. But like I said, I spent the first 10 years not subbing. I very recently got into that. Now, Dara, did you know that doms already know everything they will ever need to know to be a dom? No, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Well, then I guess that means as a dominant leaning woman that I already know how to beat your ass with different implements and I do that correctly every single time. Yeah, no, don't come at me with those implements, please. Well, I mean, I already did, but you also pointed out, hey, uh, don't hit me there because that's just not going to work. You don't hit there when it comes to That's not a good spot on the ass because it's less ass and more back. Yeah. And she did have to tell me that because, again, I am just now learning this and I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I actually I have an upcoming scene with a new bottom and she has asked to do breast impact. And you know what I did? I told her I've never given breast impact before. I've only received breast impact, but I am willing to try it as long as you understand this will be my first time. So are you going to have anybody supervising you when you do this? I'm not because I've got a basic understanding of it since I have had breast impact done to me many, many times. But I did tell her I am going to be very choosy in what implements I use because they've got to be implements that I have full faith that I can control. So for instance, I am not going to flog her breasts, even though you can because I've had my breasts flogged, but I don't feel confident enough that I can safely flog her breasts and not hit her face, but I can use a crop which is a very small thing, and I will be able to get it exactly where I want it to be. The other thing you should keep in mind is don't dismiss learning from subs. As evidenced in our scene that I did with our friend Bobby, where I was the bottom, but I had more experience with needles 
than he did. And with and especially with Staples, I had way more experience with Staples than he did. And part of what our scene was about was my teaching him. Yep. As she's getting stapled, she's directing him because she knew way more about it than he did. And he was very receptive to it. And some people might consider that topping from the bottom. I considered it teaching from the bottom. Very different. <laughs> yes. And the more you learn, the better you will be. So learning from all perspectives is what you want. And you're going to change. I mean, that's the reality. You're going to change. I have one of my favorite tops, John. When he first started, his impact did not include any type of blood play because he wasn't comfortable with it. He didn't have the knowledge and experience to feel he could do it safely. And guess what? Now he does. So now we've added that. Thank you, God, to our, <laughs> sorry, it's a little side there, to our impact play. I've also reached out to a new, I shouldn't call her new. She is a newer top and we are going to teach her to be my new blood play top since my previous blood play top has moved out of the area. Oh, she's definitely, I know who you're talking about. She's not a new top. She's new to this particular topping skill. She's newer in the sense that I think she's only been topping for impact. She's been a, a dom for a very long time. But the impact is newer to her because I remember when she first started. So mm, okay. I think that's why I say newer because she, when she and I met, I remember bottoming for her several times as she was learning. Uh, gotcha. And her learning curve, I mean, from where when she first started to where she is now, wow, that, that woman picks shit up fast and she's good. But she still knew she has double topped me for a blood plate scene. We're going to learn together as she becomes my new blood top. How about this one? The top or dom has all the responsibility while the oh. sub or bottom is a, get this, passive oh. participant. Yeah, I've been described as a lot of things. Passive has just never been one of those words. You should see her. She's basically <laughs> face planting right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at being passive. No. And quite frankly, as the top, I hate passive. And uh, let me just say, I do have one person who is listening right now who is very passive in when receiving scenes, she'll be up against an X frame and somebody will be beating the shit out of her with a flogger and the girl barely makes a sound. You know exactly who you are, Orchid. <laughs> just gonna call you out you just right totally now. Called her out. Yes, I am. Listen here, Orchid. <laughs> I prefer having an active participant. That's all I'm saying. BDSM is only about what the submissive or the bottom wants to do. Again, totally inaccurate. That entirely depends on what kind of top you are and your dynamic. We've talked about it before about the hierarchy of BDSM and the dom's wants and needs are part of that hierarchy. So I don't know how you could think it's only about the submissive or bottom. Well, again, think about it. It's a myth busting episode. We are busting myths. Okay. So obviously these are people that don't know that hierarchy. Oh, well then here we go. The hierarchy is subs needs come first. Because if a sub doesn't get what they need, they can't submit. Mm -hmm. Second is what the dom needs. Third is what the dom wants. And finally, fourth is what the sub wants. Aftercare is just for subs and bottoms. No, anybody can eat the salami. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Why is it always got to be about salami? <laughs> I love salami as much as the next person, but you have a fucking obsession. I just have an obsession with making you laugh, and that doesn't. You have an obsession every with time. making me crazy. <laughs> That's what that is. Is that an obsession, or does it just come naturally? I think it might at this point be a fetish. <laughs> Maybe. 
<laughs> Rara's kink is making Dara crazy. Rara better not let me have any impact implements. <laughs> Except I'm a masochist, so she's threatening me with a good time. Oh, okay. I know how to make you not do this anymore. I will withhold the audio of each episode until you apologize. <gasps> Meanie! You gave me this power. Meanie! <laughs> I'm going to put out graphics that make you look bad. You already do that. What the hell is the difference? <laughs> All right, we'll try to. I'll behave now. I'm just getting in the mindset. Sure. For the DDLG episode? For the DDLG Yeah, episode. you're there. Yeah, okay. You're there. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. So the aftercare is just for subs and bottoms is kind of bullshit. We already went through that where we know that aftercare is also for tops. Tops can go into top space. Tops can have top drop. Some of us need aftercare too. Yes. And the rapid loss of endorphins, adrenaline, dopamine that fills a player during a scene happens to everybody. Doesn't matter whether you're the top bottom dom sub. It happens to the human being who has participated in the scene. And therefore, they're going to need some type of aftercare so that they can recover. I like cuddles coming down from top space. I like cuddles regardless. That's true. All right. Ready? How about this one? All tops are doms and all bottoms are submissive. Nope. Again, Depends on the frame of mind, depends on the scene. I don't necessarily have to dom when I'm topping an electro scene. There's a difference. I can dominate mentally, physically, whatever it is, while I'm doing an electro scene, but it's not necessarily an an inherent part of a scene. And most of my scenes are top bottom. And as my tops will tell you, I'm not submitting during the scene. I'm just bottoming. Tops and doms can't call red. Bullshit. I've done it many times. Not only can they, but they should. If you see something going on with the bottom that possibly shouldn't and they are not calling red, you should. But guess what? You can also call red for yourself. For example, that time that I was watching Ra-Ra's blood scene by accident and I started turning gray, I should have called red on the scene that I was currently doing. You could be feeling sick. You could injure yourself. What happens if as you're flogging, you throw out your shoulder or something? Call red. You're tired? Call red. You're not in the right frame of mind to continue the scene? Call red. Can you call red before a scene even happens? Or is that just canceling? I still call that red. I've had many scenes planned where my top comes to me. And as we're negotiating and we're figuring out exactly which way the scene wants to go, look at me and go, I'm really sorry, but I don't think I'm in the right frame of mind tonight. I won't be able to give you what you need during the scene. How about female dominance hate men? I love men. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) I really do. And maybe there are some that hate men. Maybe there are some male dominance that hate men. It doesn't matter. We don't dominate because we hate we dominate because we love. Aww, we do. I, I honestly, it doesn't matter who it is. I I just like the feeling of, quite frankly, the power over somebody else. It doesn't matter who they are. And for me, I'm more of a caregiver dominant. And so I do what I do because I love the person and I want to take care of them and I want to help them. Which kind of leads me to the next one about only dominants are sadists while daddy doms or caregivers would never be sadists. Yes, they are. I'm proof positive. As I say, I am a caregiver dominant. I'm a hell of a sadist. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I've seen it. There's a lot of myths about that too. 
you know, people will say, well, daddy doms are the nurturing ones. You don't have to be a daddy dom to be a nurturer. You don't have to be a daddy dom to care for somebody and take care of them. What about mommy doms? Absolutely. Mommy doms do it. But even just somebody who identifies as just a dominant and not a particular caregiver dominant, they still care for their submissive and want to take care of them. Having limits as a submissive is topping from the bottom. Uh, No, no. And hell no. Definitely no. As we've said in our Red Flags episode, if you have a submissive who has no limits, you probably want to walk away from them. That's a bit dangerous. And as we said in that episode, annoying. Very. All right. This is a fun one, especially for you and I. Mm -hmm. Submissives are always submissive and they will be submissive to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, that that's I think just us two, let alone a lot of other submissives that we know, just us two are proof positive that is bullshit. Yeah, that's that's not happening. Like we've said this over and over. It depends on the person. It depends on your personality. It depends on the dynamic that you're going for. So, for example, I have been negotiating or I was up until, you know, we had to take a year long hiatus submitting to a female friend of ours who was going to be doing a humiliation play with me. We never got around to doing it, but I was going to actually be in full submission mode. And for me, it is very, very rare that I find somebody that I can actually submit to. Well, the only reason I was going to submit to this person is because I've known her for several years. I trust her and I trust what she can do. Oh, yeah. And and I know who you're talking about and I'll bottom to her and I have bottomed to her because I trust her Mm -hmm. implicitly. I can't submit, though. It kind of depends on, like, if you're friends with somebody that can actually be a little more difficult. I don't see you ever subbing to me. You've bottomed to me, Mm -hmm. but I don't see you ever subbing to me. No. How about submissives enjoy being treated like dirt all the time? No way. That's actually a hard limit for me. Degradation, humiliation, objectification. Those are my hard limits. And I'll only do it if it's that kind of scene. So if you want to treat me like dirt, go ahead. But I'll be walking out the door so fast your head will spin. Uh, How about the submissives must just accept what their dom wants to do and they can't stop them. Nope. Again, with the safe words and the negotiation and the consent. And pulling away your consent and your submission and walking out the door. Which you have every right to do at any time. Submissives are needy. Okay. So this one's weird because my little side is very needy. She's very grabby. She's very, I want this. And she wants attention. But if I'm not in little space and still kind of being in the submissive zone, nope. I am my husband's submissive in a 24-7 dynamic. I'm also very independent within that. Very independent. (laughs) I-N-D-E. No. (laughs) I have songs in my head like all day long. It's okay. She's taking medication. It's fine. Is it coffee? Coffee is medication. Okay, yes. Submission is just about serving. Not every submissive is a service sub. Only the coffee subs. Yeah, they serve coffee. That's important. That is important. But I'm not a service submissive. I can be a service top. I've done that. I enjoy that. Part of my submissiveness to my daddy is serving, doing certain acts of service. But it's not all the time. I mean, I do serve because that is part of it, but it's not the way we talk about serving. It's not like I'm not going to be in charge of keeping their house clean and I'm not going to be in charge of making sure that their food is always available. Yeah, that's, that's... not part of my service either. I, I mean, I I keep the house clean because I live there, but I'm not, if I'm serving somebody else, that's not part of what I'm going to do. I don't get off to that. Now, rah, rah, 
Yeah. We did share somebody who was into that once. We did, little baby fireman. I love him. I loaned out my service sub to Rara because at the time I didn't need any service and Rara did. And I said, hey, you want to do this, don't you? And he goes, yes, yes, I do. So I loaned him to her. That was fun. It was a great day. Until I told him I was going to be his Mrs. Robinson. And he looked at me and said, who's that? Oh, poor baby fireman. Mm, talk about a mood killer. <laughs> Lady really Boner was. died right there. <laughs> yeah. All right, ready? How about this one? This one's kind of funny. Doms can't bottom and subs can't top. How's that working for you, Dara? <laughs> no. <laughs> I listen, like, again, I'm the sub in my relationship with my daddy. However, when we have sex, I kind of go into mistress mode and it's all about me. And as we've talked about before, if you have a dom who likes to also get electrified or beat beaten, <laughs> they can order their submissive to do it. And therefore, the dom is bottoming and the submissive is topping. But it hasn't changed their Dios dynamic. Exactly. Because the dom is still, and I'm going to say this in quotes, in control of the scene. And finally... This one we see all over the place. Doms can read the sub's mind. How's they that working can, out for you, everybody? They can just look in their eyes and know what they're thinking and feeling. What? I don't, how? Because like even Ra and I who are super good communicators because we don't ever shut up, <laughs> cannot read each other's mind. Well, only if I start talking about blood and then I can tell the death stares that are coming my way. But that's You're not it. reading my mind though, you're reading my face. Oh yeah, your face is saying I'm going that's to true. hurt you. Depending on how well you know each other, so we know each other really, really well at this point. So I know what's going to get under her skin and bring out her middle side. She does that very well. I do. If you have any other myths that maybe you don't even realize is a myth and you just want to ask, is this true or a myth? Please send those our way on any of our social media accounts. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. We've got Fet, Fet Life. We even have TikTok now because I was pulled Kicking and screaming into the TikTok world. I told you. All of it's under Pink Kink Podcast. So send us a myth and we'll either bust it for you or we'll tell you that you're right. That's true. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it will be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife at the handle Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review Pink Kink on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The five-star reviews really help. Don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.